in a world where most people watch movies and then forget about them. Three brave heroes join forces to watch them again and then talk about them. Join them in their epic journey as they go back in time, a decade and beyond, to revisit and break down films from a vast array of genres. Do these movies hold up over time? Are they classics? Find out on Retro Movie Roundtable. Starring your hosts, Brian Fry, John Flack, and Russell Guest. Coming now to Headphones in Your Ears. Hello, all you lords, ladies, and knights of the Retro Movie Roundtable. Welcome to the show where we watch movies and then talk about them. Today, I'm your host, Russell Guest, and joining me also today, I don't know why I said today because I'm Russell Guest every day, but joining me is my co-host and good friend, Brian Fry. Brian, how are you doing, sir? Good evening, everybody. I'm doing just fine. Are you ready to pull a rabbit out of your hat, Brian? I'm ready for the rabbits, man. Okay, well, we're going to pull an audible. Our good friend Owen, uh, you know, was serving and uh, helping the community, and his ambulance tipped over, and we cannot do the anticipated episode on backdraft. Uh, so we're not sure when we'll get you backdraft, whenever Owen's okay, and we'll get it to you. So given that, what do we have coming out here? We've got the uh, Marvel, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is coming to an exciting climax here with the uh, Avengers Endgame, and so even though we're a retro movie roundtable, we're gonna look back on the full cinematic podcast. This is just too big of an event to pass up and not talk about. And who likes Marvel movies, Brian? Uh, I think everybody should like Marvel movies. Yes, but who on the show who's been a good guest in the past, say maybe from the Coming to America episode? might be rejoining us today because he particularly loves these movies. Oh, you wouldn't be talking about Andrew Newman, would you? I might be. Andrew? Hey, everybody. I'm super excited to be here. I obviously uh, love Marvel movies to a ridiculous amount. Uh, that's why they were mentioning that. Uh, so much so that I uh, play uh, Marvel Strike Force. So anybody out there that uh, crossover fans of mobile gaming, shout out. Uh, but before we get any further, let's uh, keep our thoughts and prayers with Owen. Hope he recover has a quick recovery. That is much appreciated, Andrew. Owen's a real-life hero, an EMT who goes and helps people, so we're going to talk about some comic book heroes. But before we get into that, I always like to have a little bit of an icebreaker, so uh, these questions are for everybody. So Batman uh, has his mo uh, Batmobile, and uh, I'm going to ask you, if you could own any car from a movie, what car would you own? Brian. Car from any movie? Yep. Um, I tell you what, you know, we, we touched upon it during our GoldenEye episode. I think it'd be fun to have a Z3 from uh, from that, just so I could make a stinger behind the headlights jokes. Well, I got a close one to that one later, but Andrew, do you want to take a crack at what your car you would like to have from a movie? Uh, hmm. That's a tough one. I think I would probably have to uh, not technically go movie, but go with uh, Knight Rider. You know, nice. I will allow it because you prepared for this in about mm, two minutes. <laughs> hey, I so. can get a lot done in two minutes. <laughs> oh, so um, many jokes. Yeah, that's how I. Got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um. Okay, as for me, I'm going to go with the, uh, similar to Brian, I'm going to pick a James Bond car, but I'm going to go with the classic that reemerges throughout the series with the Aston Martin DB5. So, Brian went new school, I went old school. My number two choice was going to be the uh, the Aston Martin Vanquish, 
the one that goes invisible. Vanish. Oh, that would be the pretty cool. Well, vanished. So, what is your favorite non-Marvel superhero movie, Brian? I it'd be tough to decide between these two, but I've been really loving it recently. Is Atomic Blonde. Okay, okay. I've always considered that more of a secret agent movie, but superhero movie. Uh, okay, all right. Well, comic comic book. Okay, all right. It's more com. It's more comic book than superhero. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that should have been my question then. Uh, I'll I'll allow that. Uh, Andrew, what is your favorite non-Marvel superhero movie? That's a pretty easy one. It's Wonder Woman. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. Solid. The movie, non-Marvel, that I have, have had the highest hopes for and was so excited to see was Suicide Squad. And that movie was about the most disappointed, it ranks up there with the most disappointed I've ever been in a movie theater on seeing a movie. Like, that's criminal that they did such a bad job with that movie. Well, you're going to get another one because they're working on a Suicide Squad 2, but I believe James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy has control over this one, so maybe you'll like this better. I think that as long as they don't have that stupid main plot that they had in the first one and give the Joker almost no screen time. Anyway. I'll tell you what, if, if, it counts more as a, if it counts more as a superhero, I'll go with V for Vendetta. Uh, thank you. Ooh. Yeah, I, think that, I think that helps. And That's for, a sh- ooh, man, now I want to take my answer back. <laughs> but I'll stick with Wonder Woman. And I'm going to go with 1989's Batman with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. Right on. If you had any superpower, so if you could have any uh, superhero's uh, power or set of powers, who would it be, Brian? Wolverine, hundred percent. Well, you're not getting sick. I hurt myself far too often to not want that power. You know, I think if I were really, really going for it, I think I would probably be Magneto, just so that every time Brian F. You know, sit there and got on my nerves. I would just be like, oh, look, I'm bending your claw. Oh, I'm bending your claw. Oh, why are you poking yourself? Why are you poking yourself? So, you know, that's not. Yeah, but that's not part of his uh, mutant power. So if I had Wolverine's powers, I wouldn't automatically get adamantium claws. Well, I'm going to go a similar thing. I'm not going to heal up quite as well as Wolverine, but I'm still going to get some extra healing. And I'm also going to take some super speed and some time travel to go with it. I'm going to take the Flash's powers. So, Right on. So you make two minutes right, so- seem slow. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, so you would go Flash over Quicksilver? Yes, Bazinga. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Quicksilver cannot travel back in time, am I right? Well, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, actually. We want to thank everybody who reaches out and gives us a rating and review on iTunes. That's very helpful to the show. And today we want to honor the people who have done that. So I wanted to read for you a review from you all to help us here at the show. So Big Man 715 says, It puts the podcast in your ear or else you get a boring afternoon of whatever TF you're going to listen to anyway. Five stars. And then another one from Epic Awesomeness gives us five stars as well. I'm happy I found this podcast. I highly recommend. Great review for Mission Impossible, by the way. Good start. Can't wait to hear more. Some early response. And again, thank you for that, because that helps other people find the show. It's the number one thing you can do to help us. Well, let's get to some Avengers. All right. Let's get some Marvel. All right, guys. So... Are you in the mood for some rankings? Absolutely. 
All right, so we're gonna rank some movies in the order that they came out in with. Just just to refresh everybody's memories for what's at stake here. <clears throat> Iron Man from 2008, The Incredible Hulk from 2008, Iron Man 2 from 2010, Thor from 2011, Captain America: The First Avenger from 2011, Marvel's The Avengers from 2012. Iron Man 3 from 2013, Thor The Dark World from 2013, Captain America The Winter Soldier from 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014, Avengers Age of Ultron in 2015, Ant-Man in 2015, Captain America Civil War in 2016, Doctor Strange in 2016, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in 2017, Spider-Man Homecoming in 2017, Thor Ragnarok in 2017, Black Panther in 2018, and Avengers Infinity War in 2018, Ant-Man and the Wasp in 2018. This will all lead us up to the grand uh, finale of the climax, I should say, of Avengers Endgame. Right on. Uh, let's get it. Let's kick it off. We're gonna go around in a circle, and whenever the third movie gets, whenever the movie gets brought up for the third time, we'll talk about it briefly. I'm gonna kick this off and go with my number 21 movie, which is the bottom ranked one, Iron Man 2 from 2010. What about you, Brian? Uh, I'm gonna go with Thor: Dark World. Okay, that would be the second one. And what about you, Andrew? The Incredible Hulk for 21. Nice. So for 20, I'm gonna go with Doctor Strange. Ooh. Ooh, looks like yes, that's what we were looking for, some reactions. I like that. So uh <laughs> I didn't like that. The controversy begins. Uh, oh yeah. What about you, Brian? Uh I'm gonna go with Iron Man Two. Iron Man Two. That's the second instance of Iron Man Two. So uh Andrew, what is your number twenty movie? Thor Dark World. Okay, that's the second one on that. So for number nineteen, I have Thor the Dark World, which means that we're gonna pause and say why we all have this in our bottom three. For me, this was a big disappointment, probably the biggest disappointment of any of them. I had high hopes because I really enjoyed the first movie, first Thor movie, which you'll see later. And uh, man, this was a messy, messy movie. I, Kat Denning's character was all over the place in this. Natalie Portman's character just felt like it was like stapled on as an afterthought. Uh, the villain wasn't well done. I, I've, I've, this is this, we're in the bottom part for me. This is the part where I've actually got criticisms for some of these movies. So, what about you guys? I could agree with most of that. Uh, Thor: Dark World. It's just it definitely lacked something, and there was a lot of it lacking. Like the something. I don't think Thor really had a good enough identity built in yet, and I think that it was probably the roughest of all of the the MCU movies. It was nearly Suicide Squad bad. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is like the, the jump we get, like basically in my mind from right here going forward is that at least everything going forward from 19 on, I consider to be good. Maybe not fantastic, but I'll at least rewatch all of the 19 movies going forward. If they're on, I'd have no problem watching any of them. Yeah, that's Ugh. actually probably about my threshold as well. Like, I think I think my bottom three are I have real issues with. I'm I'm actually I'm going to make a point to go back and rewatch Dark World again because it's been that long since I've seen it. But uh, yeah, I just I feel like they were still formula they were still putting together the bones of these characters, and that one was just a really rough cut. Well, while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and rewatch the Thin Red Line if you want to engage in self torture. Yeah, well, that one was bad. Well, let's go on, Brian. What is your number nineteen movie? My number nineteen is going to be Hulk, The Incredible Hulk. Andrew, what is your number nineteen movie? 
Iron Man three. Okay. So okay. So I had two below three. You've got three below two, and this is going to kick off the number eighteen movie round. And I'm going to say The Incredible Hulk, which means this is the second place movie that we've done now. Andrew, why did you you had The Incredible Hulk rated at the lowest? Why? I saw it once. Didn't enjoy it. Didn't think it was very good. Don't consider it to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wow. Even a little bit of Sam Jackson action at the end, not not making it count for you. Didn't. Yeah, not enough. Okay. Like, maybe I need to maybe I need to go rewatch that run. But from what I remember, I just don't even count it. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, that just didn't happen. You know, like sometimes all society, we just decide to agree that something didn't happen. I feel like that's what we do with that movie. Okay. Pretty much same thing with Thor Dark World, too. And Brian, why so low? Um, well, I, I definitely agree with it's rough to say it's part of the MCU. Although it's, uh, I mean, clearly it's Marvel and there are some uh, holdovers, which is good, uh, from the movie. Uh, most notably, and this is one of my uh, kind of uh, quiet uh joys of the mcu is i really liked william hurt as general ross so that carries over into the avengers movies and i i appreciated that so uh yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm it just you know it it's a part it's hard to see the continuity without mark ruffalo in there i've got some lingering mixed feelings about edward norton uh, but I also liked uh, Liv Tyler as uh, Betty Ross, so I, I really could have done with maybe a She-Hulk in there. Oh, okay. Interesting. As for me, I don't know that I needed a reboot. It's that simple. I just got handed a Hulk movie, which was just called Hulk, was starring Eric Bannon and Jennifer Connelly. I actually had no problem with the casting in that movie. Yeah, the movie could have been better, but I gotta say, The Incredible Hulk was about the same level of good. It wasn't Neither of these really rolled my socks up. So I think they're coming out of an era where, like you mentioned earlier, Brian, that superhero movies get better with time. And, uh, you know, that's this is this is an instance of that. So I wasn't really hating when I saw it, like at the time of its release. Like I wasn't like, oh, that was terrible or anything. It just, you know. Yeah. And so, Brian, what's your number 18 movie? Number 18 is going to be Iron Man 3. Okay, that, so that would be the second go of that then. So we've got a, Brian and Andrew both have that. And Andrew, what's your number 18 movie? Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. And that would be the third preemptive of that, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. All right. A- Andrew, you had Iron Man 2 a little bit higher than us, but still not very high. Uh, why Why so high? Uh, I... I enjoyed the movie more than I enjoyed Iron Man 3. I just recently rewatched Iron Man 2 mm-hmm. and it's it's fun. Like I enjoyed the movie. It's got rewatchability for me. Um, it's not perfect, you know. Um, I think that Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 are basically the probably the worst of once they got their feet wet, you know, like they hadn't figured some things out, but Iron Man two and Iron Man three, they just don't hold up the way say Avengers does, you know. But it's still good. Like I literally just watched rewatched it like a week ago. So, 
Okay, and Brian, you had this one pretty low. Why so low? There are characters in the MCU that I would have rather seen get screen time than Tony Stark in two and three. Um, I think you probably could have had most of what happened in two and three happen in just an Iron Man two movie, and then maybe used uh, Iron Man three for a uh, Black Widow movie featuring Iron Man. Okay, and as for me, I just think Iron Man two has way too much going on. Uh, you have a Nick Fury movie emerging in this as the Avengers Initiative is introduced mid movie. This can be handled through post title sequence if need be. The villain is uh, Whiplash is just not really dealt with very well. I don't like. I mean, the casting of Rourke was fine, but and then you have the Hammer Industry things, which is an interesting storyline in itself. But at the at the same time, there's just too much going on at one time, and this is this movie kind of hits that saturation part. So a lot of the problems I have with like Spider-Man Three, for instance, of just too many villains, too much stuff going on. This plagues Iron Man 2 for me. And that's why I have it at the bottom of my MCU countdown. You don't want to be in the same class with Spider-Man 3. <laughs> no, you don't. My number 17 movie is going to be Iron Man 3. And it's now time to talk about it. I actually liked Iron Man 3. And this is kind of the part of the countdown for me where it just goes like, these are now good movies. So I'm not like pooping on Iron Man 3. I really like the kid in there. How Tony Stark is humbled and has to rebuild himself up through it. The Mandarin storyline... I could take or leave that part, but I like the part at the end with all the Iron Man suits uh, activated, and I just thought that was fun. So, yeah, we're now in good territory for me. What about you guys? Uh, you guys had this a little lower than me. Uh, Andrew, you've had this in bad territory. Yeah, but like I said, only my bottom two that I have in bad territory. Okay. This is Iron Man 3 just because it's 19. That means that all it means is that the other 18 movies are better, right? Okay. Yep. So I'd rewatch Iron Man 3 if like, if, you know, if I put it this way, if I come over to somebody's house and they're like crack a beer, Iron Man 3 is on and I'm 15 minutes into it, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'll put on something else. If Thor Dark World's on, I'm probably going to be like, yeah, why are you watching that? <laughs> <laughs> so we're pretty in alignment. Uh, it's amazing, actually. Uh, the only outlier right now is I have Doctor Strange way lower than you guys as we head into the shame, uh, shame. Shame. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy how low you have strange. Ah, uh, man, I I just uh, I'm really surprised that hasn't come out for anybody else yet. But uh, we'll continue at oh, number. It's six... gonna be a while. <laughs> yeah, man, you're you're gonna be waiting. Yeah. <laughs> at number seventeen, uh, what do you have, Brian? Uh, no, my number seventeen movie is Thor. Thor. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you're just not a big fan of the Thor series, it looks like. Oh no. Not at all. I would say as a collection, um, well, he's he's with him and uh, uh, Iron Man are the only two that got three solo movies. So nope. I feel nope, nope, Captain, Captain did because it's Captain America: Civil War. I know uh, you want to uh, count. I know you don't count it. Yeah. But it is. I know. I always think of that as an Avengers movie or another um, Iron Man okay. movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Okay, so. Um, no, I I am super low on Thor Dark World. Um, the first Thor movie was fine. Like we've already stipulated, you know, we're just sort of splitting hairs on some of these in terms of their their rankings. But it was also an early, rougher movie. And when you see what the MCU eventually became, it's hard to go back and watch Iron Man 1 and Thor because 
they they learned over time and made these movies better. And so when you go back and watch, it's almost like, man, I I love that movie when I saw it originally, but this other one was so much better. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, t- I too have Thor at 17. So uh, we've got two for Thor, and I'm going to make you guys wait a little bit of time on that one. So uh, back at you. And so for my number 16, I have Avengers Infinity War. So uh, 16 you said was what? Uh, my number 16 movie is Avengers Infinity War. Shame. Shame. Yeah. Shame. I'm, this is interesting, Russ. I'm, I'm, okay. you know, you've got, you've got a thing going. I think Andrew and I are probably going to line up pretty well, but uh, you're, you're going to be the talking point. I, well, let's get, let's get moving then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 16, Brian. Uh, my number 16 is going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Okay. And Brian, uh, sorry, and Andrew, what is your number six? Iron Man. Iron Man. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm detecting that Brian, or Andrew, not an Iron Man fan because, well, the math already adds up. I mean, nope. again, Iron Man, good movie. And it's just that I have the other movies ranked above it. But also, Iron Man gets more screen time in all of the other movies. And quite frankly, I think he's better in lots of the other movies than he actually is in the Iron Man movies. Okay. I will say that having three movies, Iron Man did get a little old for me. Uh, He is probably the character that diminished in my appreciation of him the most in the MCU movies. It's not just that. Uh, He picks a big front seat in the Avengers movies, and he's even in Spider-Man Homecoming quite a bit. And Civil War. I mean, Civil War is almost like Iron Man 4. Yeah, I get a lot of jet lag on Iron Man over the course of the MCU. So this actually brings me to my number 15 movie, because we're done with the number 16 round, correct? Correct. So the number 15 movie I have is Captain America Civil War. Ah! Shame, shame. <laughs> We're about to have a civil war. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I we need just, to start playing some Guns and Roses. Man, I, I'm getting the gist that Andrew and I's list are no longer adding up. We started off in stride, but uh, I'm getting scolded here. But uh, this is how I feel. But I'll tell you more on that later. And apparently, it'll be much, <laughs> apparently, it's going to be much later. But Brian, uh, go. What's your number fifteen? Uh, my number fifteen is going to be um, uh, Iron Man. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Uh, well, then I'll be holding you guys up for a while. I think we're going to invert some things. And Andrew, what's your number 15? Avengers 2. So Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. First for that one. That's going to kick off the number 14 round. And I've got Avengers Age of Ultron myself here. So that's the second one. So I'm right. Of, I'm actually pretty similar in line with you on that. And Brian, what's your number 14? My number 14 is going to be Ant-Man. Ant-Man. The first Ant-Man, so that's going to be the first count of that. Andrew, what's your number 14? Avengers. Oh, wow. With the original Avengers. Uh, that concludes round 14. As we go into round 13, I'm going to chalk up a second one to Ant-Man and the Wasp. And Brian, what's your number 13 movie? Uh, my number 13 is going to be Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, uh, Andrew, give him one of those shames. No, I have the exact same ranking. Okay. Oh, zing. Oh, no. Well, that's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, have you not noticed how lockstep fried I seem to be? Yeah, you guys. Uh, other than the other than Ant-Man and the Wall, other than the Ant-Man movies, I have them a little bit higher than him. Great minds think Which alike, you'll, you'll, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, or Fry just got lucky. <laughs> we now enter the number 12 round, 
and I'm going to come in with the first count of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Russ, I'm going to second you on that, and I also have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in my number 12 spot. So we're back to agreeing. Brian, what's your number 12? I'm going to go with Ultron now. Age of Ultron, and that is the third count. And Brian, you had it the highest. Tell us why it's good. So here's the thing. Um, I like the ensemble movies, uh, the more superheroes I get. I think they've done the best job I've seen in film with dealing with that many personalities and, and fitting them all together. I think they've done a they've they've built a terrific puzzle, fitting these characters in various movies to really give a wide breadth of character development across 22 movies. I, I'll always probably prefer the larger ensemble movies to the smaller ones, but I do think that this was probably the lesser of the the Avengers th- uh, four. Well, Andrew, you had this one. Uh, you brought this one out first. Well, pretty close to me, but you brought it out first. Maybe why pull back on the reins from Brian a little bit? Um, didn't love the Ultron character that much. Didn't really feel like it. <sighs> just didn't feel like it had some of the same plot development that other of the movies had. Again, for me, it's mainly about rewatchability. And when I sit down to pull up a Marvel movie, that's not the first one I think to pull up. No, that's fair. Uh, as for me, this is where I feel like I'm starting to wear on the Tony Stark character, and which is along the lines of what Brian might have mentioned. I feel like he starts to become very unreasonable. And if you can't tell, I'm on Team Captain. And uh, this movie is hard for me to watch because uh, I think this is where the, the formations of the split start to come into play. And uh, I don't like the split. So, uh, but let's continue and we'll talk more on that later. Can I give one shout out? I'd like to give one shout out to, uh, I do really like the character of Vision. So, you know, that's where he's first introduced, correct? It is true. Yeah, I, I want to give a hat, just a real hats off. Um, in terms of voicing and then also playing the, the, the role of Vision, I, I'm a huge Paul Bettany fan. Um, I thought the casting on that was phenomenal. I always liked his voice as Jarvis. So super, super behind all of that. And then on the other side, although Ultron may not have been uh, my favorite villain, the casting of James Spader to do that voice is fantastic as well. Ditto on that. We're about to move into the number 11 spot. So we're about to, you know, carving out the rest of the bottom half. Thor is my number 11 movie, and this is the last mentioning of it. Now, Brian, you brought this out first. Why why no to Thor? Or why, why, why so low on Thor? Well, uh, I'll, I'll go back to what we kind of discussed with Iron Man. These movies came out early. And when you have to make a list like this, where you're really saying, I'm, I'm putting this above that, I think the older the movie is, the, the more likely you'll see it toward the bottom of my rankings. That's no disrespect to Thor or Hemsworth, or it's, it's not saying anything bad about him. Uh, it's just early, and this movie wasn't as funny in in my I mean in comparison. It just this one this one just it, it was just back there. Well, sorry, Andrew, you were pretty much stride and stride with about the time that you brought this one out. Why low on Thor? One of the things is the stilted speech of the Asgardians. Okay, you know uh, this obviously changes in a movie that we will get to later on in this, and they don't have Thor talking like he's trying to do a Shakespeare impression. Okay. That's a good point. No, okay. So, so that's so the, diction, the diction's 
Yeah, but I mean, I enjoy Thor. It's a good. It's like it's still it's a good movie. It's just that I, if I'm going to sit down and watch a Marvel movie, I have 16 movies I'd rather watch first. Well, I had it at 11, so I had it up the highest. And so for me, I just like the prodigal son story. I like that he's a spoiled brat. I like that. I love Anthony Hopkins, by the way. Uh, and I like how he's cast out and how he basically learns humility uh, by being here on Earth and being a fish out of water. I do think there's some humor to be had from that fish out of water uh, concept. I love the sword in the stone parallels with the hammer. And I really like Thor's origin. And as I mentioned before, when I said Thor the Dark World just disappointed me, part of that just comes from I was really happy with Thor. I went in with like no expectations, having seen the character drawn and rendered before and, you know, maybe playing uh, Ultimate Alliance and like Marvel. Like I never liked Thor. I thought he was stupid. He had like this winged helmet thing and I didn't get the hammer thing. And so for me, one of the reasons I appreciate this movie is probably a little more than you guys do. They took a character who I said, this character is bad. It's really not a good character. And I don't want to see a movie of him. And then I saw the movie and I was just like, whoa, this is way better than I ever realized. I, I, I take back many things. And so it, for me, it changed my perspective of the character. I also want to say I want to say one good thing about Thor and one bad thing about Thor. Um, I thought that out of all the MCU movies, that having the Destroyer be the the main antagonist that he has to overcome at the end was probably the weakest of all the MCU movies. Uh, but that being said, it also introduced one of my favorite characters or what became one of my favorite characters because I never really thought heads or tails of him before, and that's Hawkeye. So, uh, Russ, I just wanted to address one thing you said on uh, not liking Thor as the character before that. Did you never see Adventures in Babysitting? I might have, but it would have been like when I was like five or something like that or six. So not sure. Like it would have been on for my sister at some point, And I'm not sure that I did see it, to be honest with you. So good we, question. We might need to put an earmark on that for a future show. Maybe. Brian, what is your number 11? Uh, my number 11 will be Doctor Strange. All right. Andrew. What is your number 11? The first Captain America movie. That's the first strike for that. Just to recap before we move into each of our top 10, Doctor Strange has two strikes on it, as well as Ant-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And then I were the sole out, or sorry, I was the sole outlier for Captain America's War and Avengers Infinity War with giving those their first strike as well. As we move into the top 10, I'm going to kick us off here with Captain Marvel. Brian I'm going to go with the first Avengers. Okay, that's two for that. Andrew, 10. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp. And that would be the final one for that one. Now, Brian, you had this one the lowest of all of us. Why so low? It's only low because it's a number. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Uh, Ghost was a cool character. Um, I never paid much attention and you're going to hear this from me a couple times, but I never paid much attention to, I wasn't a, an Avengers comic book reader. Uh, although I did do all of the infinity, uh, comics. So I, I, I had references to them, but I never really just keyed in on their soul comics. So, um, a lot of the MCU movies were a learning thing for me. And then I'd go out and buy graphic novels to fill in my knowledge gaps. So, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, really cool movie, enjoyed it, but it's just, uh, you know, they, they are both movies serve a purpose in the greater MCU 
And I feel like they're more there just to serve that purpose as opposed to some of these that are just better standalone movies. Okay. Here, here. Andrew, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, so part of the reason why I had it so high is it's just fun. Like when I watch that movie, I'm laughing. I'm enjoying myself. It's this way for both the Ant-Man movies. Like their humor in them is fantastic. I'm forgetting the name of his right-hand man. Michael Payne is the actor. I just don't remember his name. Okay, well, yeah, he's, he's hilarious. And the scene where he's like, is there any way to get him to talk faster? And he's like, nope, this is what you get. You asked. You just got to let him go. Right? That scene was hilarious. I love the truth serum scene. Yeah, It is truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. There's some good laughs to be had in this movie. And I think that's one reason why I'm, I am a fan of the Ant-Man movies. And a little bit like what I said with Thor. I had Ant-Man even below Thor on the list of man, that's a really dumb comic book character. And somehow they transformed it into something that was funny, tongue-in-cheek, playful, and uh, I like what they did with it. So I'm glad that they... Does anybody have orange slices? <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm a big Paul Rudd fan, so I, I do like Ant-Man so much just because of Paul Rudd's character was just so good for it. So I'm glad they didn't go with the Hank Pym route as the main uh, Ant-Man. It wouldn't have been as fun. I, I agree with that, and also Paul Rudd was the the center of some of the best MCU mean tweets. The number nine round, I'm going to kick us off and go with the first Ant-Man. And Brian, what's your number nine? My number nine is going to be uh, Captain America. Okay. The first Avenger. The first Avenger, so that's a second go-round for that one. And Andrew, what's your number nine? Ant-Man. We just talked about Ant-Man. Let's talk about him again because that's going to complete it. Andrew, you had him the highest year at number nine. I was so surprised how good that movie was uh, because the character wasn't somebody who was nearly as common. Uh, I was had some concerns about them essentially making a comedy movie for the Marvel movies. They had added, they'd already started adding humor, but to me, this was the first real comedy movie of of the Marvel movies, and I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I, it, it was just a really nice... I think they kept the genre from getting stale with Ant-Man. I think, as you mentioned, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man changed the pace, and if we had kept getting more Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, this may not have made it as far down the road as it has. So I'm with you. Uh, some levity has gone a long way to making the MCU a much more fun place. And uh, if DC, and I like the DC comic book characters, but if DC movies could learn anything from the MCU, it's, uh, we like to have fun with our characters. So uh, we don't, we need, we don't need uh, all brooding all the time. And Ant-Man shows us that. What do you think about that, Brian? Look, I say one more thing real quick. I want to say one thing about Paul Rudd uh, that I was waiting on Ant-Man 2 to wait, get to the first Ant-Man to say it is he first started out on uh, Friends as marrying Phoebe. And that's what I really rem first remembered him from. And he basically looks the same in Ant-Man as he does from a show that ended almost 20 years ago. Like, that yeah, dude I agree. doesn't age. Yeah, like, I agree. He's, he's one of those guys that looks the same <laughs> forever. So, Brian, what are your, where do you stand on Ant-Man? Um, I know I had it the, the lowest, but I don't really mean any uh, any disrespect to this. Uh, the first time I remember seeing Paul Rudd was actually in 1996's Romeo and Juliet. He plays Paris. Um, 
so that was uh, that was kind of the first. Uh, I now need to rewatch that. Nice yeah, uh, that yeah that was uh, that was my first introduction to Paul Rudd. I only have nice things to say about this movie. Uh, Andrew's spot on. It is funny. I'll kind of copy and paste what I said for Ant-Man 2. I do believe that that the Ant-Man movies, they have a purpose, and it's not really um, the character specific, but to build for later movies, uh, which is probably, uh, you know, having that, that segue kind of feeling to them is probably why I have them a little lower. But again, nothing but uh, nothing but good things to say about it. Uh, Corey Stoll as Yellow Jacket. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he was a great villain, and the the train, the toy train sequence is yes. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I mean that that was just that was a that's going to be a classic scene from this, and I would say it's probably top five for the entire MCU in terms of scenes. I loved it. It was great. Totally agree. Definitely a top five. Okay, so as we move into round number eight now, I'm going to kick us off with Black Panther. First strike against Black Panther. Brian, what's your number eight movie? Uh, my number eight is going to be Captain Marvel. That would be the second instance of that. Andrew, what's your number eight? Do you really need to ask, Brian, what's my number eight? Oh, Captain Marvel? You and I's lists are that oh, close. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> we, we have, that's what I'm saying. is like, I, I, Did we write this? Other than the Ant-Man and Wasp, basically I, our lists I, have been almost the exact same. I will say this, that I, I also play the Marvel Strike Force game. Uh, Andrew uh, introduced it to me, and I've gotten fairly hooked on it. So Marvel is something that he and I discuss quite a bit, although not specifically MCU. It is it is something that, that we go back and forth on a, a, a lot. I'm really glad that I had Mar- Captain Marvel the lowest, but it by no means is a slight to the movie. It's actually the one that I've seen the most recent. I just recently saw this, so I could get caught up and ready for Endgame. So... Love it. I really liked her story. Uh, it is not at all what the comic book had done uh, with the character, with the male Captain Marvel, then passing his powers on to Ms. Marvel, uh, and then Captain Marvel dying and her taking on the mantle. This was much more interesting than that, and i got to give him a lot of points for basically rewriting the character, or at least as far as I am aware of the character, and uh, making a much better movie. I don't know that Brie Larson was the best fit for Captain Marvel, but I do like the movie quite a bit. I loved seeing young Sam Jackson in action. What about you, Andrew? The young Sam Jackson, the basically that movie is half a Sam Jackson origin story movie, right? Yep. Sure. That's really, really, I mean, they could have easily called that movie Captain Marvel and Nick Fury, and it wouldn't have been lying about what the movie is, right? It was yep. fantastic. The only reason it can't be higher on my list for me is because I've only seen it once. And I don't know what its rewatchability is because it is the movie that I have most recently seen in the theaters, you know, because it came out not that long ago. I had so, again, I had a fantastic time watching it. It was nice to see a female lead movie in the MCU, just the same as Wonder Woman being a female lead movie, because the idea that because they made some bad movies in the late 90s or early 2000s with female leads doesn't mean that you can't make a good female lead superhero movie. Uh, that means we need a Black Widow movie. You hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm... Yeah, I, I'm game. And, and uh, sorry, and Brian, you didn't get uh, your word in there. What do you think about uh, Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I actually do like Brie Larson in that character. She has the uh, the female Maverick 
Top Gun reference here. Uh, she has that smugness, that that cockiness that I really liked in that character. I'll also say that one of my favorite aspects of this movie, and I'm going to kind of echo Hot Tub Time Machine here, is Nick Fury losing his eye. Like, they they tease it the entire the entire show. Like you're just always sitting there thinking you're going to lose that eye. That eye's coming out. As we move on, we finish the number eight round and we move into the number seven round. And I'm going to say, I'm going to give it the third count and I'm going to give this to Iron Man. So let's talk Iron Man. Andrew, you gave it the uh, lowest rating of all. Why did the beginning of the MCU universe with the Iron Man not sit well with you? I think that the movies just got so much better, and also it's uh, it's the power creep issue that really diminishes rewatchability of Iron Man. Iron Man's suit in Iron Man One basically puts him closer to the level of uh, one of the Defenders, as opposed to what he is by you know Infinity War. He's just so much more, so much stronger. I mean, it's we're not even like Iron Iron Man would get destroyed by Iron Man from Infinity War. Current. Well, yeah. right? Tony Stark's a genius and he keeps upgrading the suit. Which which is uh, one of the most fun things to watch in the MCU is is the the continual upgrade of Iron Man. He even made a Hulk suit and Spider-Man suit. Yes, that's that is. Yeah, that's Iron Spider. Brian, where do you stand on Iron Man the first? When I saw it, I was like this is going to be a thing. Like it was the first MCU MCU movie. Like if you understand my qualification there, um, I remember leaving the theater with nothing but giddy excitement and hope because that's exactly what needed to happen. Like if that movie had flopped, we would not have what we have now. And because it didn't, because it was stellar, we, we get what we have now, but it is the epitome of the look at what we've got. And how good it is, like that was the framework for it. So I don't mean to put it as low as I have it. It's just that they they made so many improvements over something that was great that now we have what we have. I, I just wanted to echo one thing on that is I totally agree that that movie and my number three choice are the two movies that basically were required to work for this entire Big thing to work so uh, iron man was fantastic on kicking it off i and that's why i can't take it any lower than seven which i feel like it's still too low but the fact that much of this is due to the good work that iron man did in the beginning i love the early story uh being in the middle east in order to escape a terrorist situation which honestly they updated the story really well it's actually a vietnam story in the comic books and they turned it into a uh, modern day middle eastern conflict very effectively and they brought in modern day issues of sales of weapons into it and so it was updated really really well i just i love iron man uh in the first one i don't like the character tony stark as the series evolves but here in this first movie he's probably at his most likable and that's why it's working for me here as we continue with the number seven round Brian, I believe you are next. And my number seven movie is going to be Black Panther. That would be the second go-round for Black Panther. And Andrew, what's your number seven? Doctor Strange. All right. It's now time. 
You're the last. Now, why do you like it so much? I think it's really well done. I think that Benedict Cumberbatch does a great job of playing the role. I like how that they so quickly have him have his car accident and his journey to essentially become Doctor Strange happens really fast. They don't take, like, even though, like, they do, they tell the story appropriately, but they get there where they need to go. And I've watched that movie probably 30 times, at least, I want to say. And, uh, you know, I just, I enjoy it every time. I like Tilda Swinton. Yeah. I think she does a fantastic job. Uh, I really like Wong. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I would say probably the worst character is I don't totally think that the actor that played Mordo nailed it. Okay. But he just seems, he gets a little too whiny for me with with Strange. And like, it just that was the only part of it that didn't quite hit probably why it's seven as opposed to like five. Okay. And uh, I'm going to sandwich the bad in with the good, Brian. So uh, I'm going to go next and say... I just did not like Doctor Strange. Uh, this is uh, my number 20 movie, and I have this in the bad category. I just, I don't like the character. His prickly personality is uh, worse than Tony Stark's for my mind. Uh, he's he's just not enjoyable to watch. I don't particularly like the casting of Cumberbatch. I don't like the cape. I don't like Tilda Swinton at all. I thought, you know, that was supposed to be an Asian uh, old man. So I, I don't know. I just... I, I, with magic, the, the problem is anything's possible, and it's like the ultimate cop-out. Uh, in, in comics, mag- characters that use magic, whether it be DC or Marvel, you use them to basically paint yourself out of corners. So DC has Dr. Fate and the Spectre and the Phantom Stranger and Zatanna, and then in uh, Marvel you've got certainly Dr. Strange and a few other characters. Magic, to me... Some people say Superman or Captain Marvel might be too strong, but to me, Doctor Strange is too strong. It's just, you know, the stakes are so low. Anything can be undone. I actually think that you would like Strange better if you had more of his comic book story added onto it. Uh, there are times where he has to basically mortgage his soul to attain enough power to do things. Um, there's a lot more to there. There are a lot more rules to what he can and can't do. Uh, than is really painted out in the uh, in the MCU, and he, uh, you know, the, the Time Stone, it, it really builds on how powerful the Infinity Gauntlet is. When you know, you see, like, obviously he he has abilities that allow for certain things, but that's because he's a wielder of of an Infinity Stone. Um, if you really want to go into probably the least utilized powerful character the one that they really didn't do justice on their abilities concerning an an infinity stone is going to be vision like i feel like the reason you don't get the gravity of how powerful strange is with that stone is because they undersold vision hmm well like I said, even in the comic book world, this is just not my character, and I think that that's a hard thing for me to get around. And whereas Ant Man and Thor, these movies turned it around for me. Somehow, this movie just made me like Doctor Strange even even less. But that's just me, uh, and I think it is just me. And as we head into the number six round, I'm gonna start us off with Thor Ragnarok. Brian, what is your number six movie? Uh, my number six movie is going to be Infinity War. That would be number two. 
long overdue in my book. But uh, Andrew, what is your number six? Black Panther. Black Panther. Okay, that's the third one on that one. Andrew, Black Panther, tell us about it. First off, I think it got robbed not winning the Academy Award uh, for Best Picture. It was an amazingly good movie. I think the hands down the best one-off villain in the MCU is Eric Killmonger. And the movie sets up Infinity War. I'll also say one of my favorite lines in the MCU is when he steals the mask. And they're like, why'd you take the mask? He's, I'm just feeling it. (laughs) I love that line. I thought that was really good. I thought the entire uh, chase scene in, is that Singapore? Black Panther and Okoye getting the, uh, yeah, that was really well done. Um, That movie, the only reason it's not higher is because the rewatchability of the things in front of it. I like like the suits. I like how they've they've differentiated the Black Panther suit from Iron Man. I I, I like the way they did that. Sorry, I just wanted to add that I thought the line from M'Baku of, if you speak one more time, I will feed you to my children. I'm just kidding. We are vegetarians. (laughs) <laughs> uh, was a fun character Black Panther for me uh, gets off to a little bit of a slow start but boy it recovers uh, later and it uh, it pays uh, off in the end so love Black Panther it was a good movie you know again it, for many I was familiar with this character but I can't tell you how many people I spoke to who didn't even know who he was and now I mean you got little Black Panther Halloween costumes coming to your front door everywhere and this character is very popular and that's what a good movie should do and uh it made a character that's been around for quite some time a household name so good job for black panther absolutely so that puts us into the number five round correct yep i will be the third strike of captain america the first avenger so i have this up considerably higher than you guys so we'll sandwich me in there uh andrew threw this one out first so andrew why so low i really like this movie again i watched this movie probably two weeks ago i've seen it probably 15 20 times it's it's just that rewatchability it doesn't it kind of drags in the middle compared to some of the things in front of it uh, particularly uh you know the whole uh, him getting on stage and them using him to get government bonds that just that whole thing kind of was moved a little slow for me. Okay, so a little bit of slowness in the middle. For me, I love the World War II setting. I really like the inspiring story of the little skinny guy who, you know, fights against the odds, wants to help, do his thing. I just find the story of Captain America to be very inspiring. And uh, again, Captain's my favorite. And so it all started here. I think the groundwork for other interesting plot points comes into play too uh through his character bucky barnes in this and uh we got a good villain in red skull i almost wish we could have seen more red skull through this uh instead of captain america civil war i would have much preferred uh a movie much more straight up like this one uh a return of red skull for captain america 3 would have been uh a high on my list what about you brian so this is as good a time as any to get into this but uh captain america was one of my I don't want to say least favorite superheroes, but he just he was never someone I found particularly compelling in the comic books. And Chris Evans's portrayal of Captain America is the biggest turnaround in my attitude toward a superhero that I think I've ever had. 
So a uh, huge fan of Captain America now. Um, his storyline in this is great. Um, I, I I can't say enough good things about uh, uh, Chris Evans's portrayal of Captain America. Nice. And so we move forward then. Uh, that was uh, my number five. What is your number five, Brian? Um, coming in at number five for me is going to be Guardians 2. Okay, that's the... Now, you had this one up way higher than uh, Andrew and I. Uh, I had it at 12. I don't remember where Andrew had that one, but... Uh, 12 also. Also at 12. Yeah. So, Brian, you're, you're a lot higher on Guardians 2. Perhaps we could say that there's a lot of recycled content that we've seen before coming back in this one. Why did you feel like this one had more gas in the second go-round than we did? The Guardians movies as a whole tapped into something that, um, and you're going to see another instance of this a little bit later, but um, I love movies that can put a soundtrack together and implement it into the movie in a really compelling way. Um, I am I am in every instance an audiophile, and that made such a huge impact on me for both the Guardians movies. And that with the wit and humor of the Guardians of the Galaxy, really, it just, it does something for me. I will say that it lost me a little bit toward the end with, with you know, his dad and stuff, but not enough for me to really, you know, put any hate toward it. Okay. Andrew, Guardians 2. So Guardians are some of my most favorite characters in the MCU. I absolutely love Rocket. I absolutely love Star-Lord. I think that the actor's portrayal of both is fantastic. I think Vin Diesel does an amazing job as Groot. I think that uh, Batista does an amazing job as Drax. Just love everything about the Guardians. It's just that two wasn't as good as one, and the stuff with his dad didn't... It's just not nearly as good of a plot movie as everything that's in front of it. But the soundtrack's amazing. The actors are really good. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, for me, was still a lot of fun. I feel like we play off a lot of the same beats that we have in the first movie. They're still funny. I still like the characters. Uh, bringing in the new, uh, some new blood uh, with uh, Mantis didn't necessarily uh, go as far as I'd like. And I felt like Rocket was a little angrier and poutier than in the first movie. So, so I don't know. I, I, for, for me, I, I like Guardians 2 a lot, and it's a fun time, but... For me, it, it it did have that. This is one of those ones that felt like a sequel, not in the sense that like Thor two is a mess or Iron Man two is an utter mess. This one just feels like I feel like we've done this before. I will say this: I know it's at the top of my top five, so I, I get it. Or at the bottom of my top five, but I will also make the comment that depending on my mood or how many times I've seen something over another. This is easily interchangeable with probably the five movies behind it. Okay. And so it's 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 just I I'm giving it more uh, clout because of the musical. No, it's inter you know interweaving. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll agree and say that from five to thirteen for me was tough. Speaking of which, what is your number five, Andrew? Captain America: Winter Soldier. Okay, that's the first instance of that now to the number four round uh i'm gonna add the third strike for the original marvels the avengers by joss whedon 2012's the avengers so i had this one up a lot higher than you guys 
I think this was a great movie. This was this this was um, the best bringing everybody together under one roof movie by a long shot for me. And I think that has to do with because later movies just overdo it a little bit too much and you can't really focus on anybody. But I really like the Sam Jackson character in this one. I like the fact that they struggle to come together and they all do come together as a team. And I love the end sequence where uh, there's you know, an alien invasion coming in and it's just some really good fight scenes in there. It's kind of fun to see, you know, your heroes take on each other for bits at a time. So later on, I feel like we've, this plays out and they escalate it. And just, it's kind of like the Anchorman 2 where, you know, a newscaster fight is funny, but a bigger newscaster fight in Anchorman 2 is not necessarily any better. So I think that's a good example of why this is right-sized for me. This is this is the everybody bands together at the scale in which I like. So if you didn't notice, I had Civil War and Infinity War and uh, other Avengers movies, you know, much lower. Uh, this just basically comes down to saturation. Uh, I could actually appreciate everybody in this movie. Andrew, Avengers, you had this lowest of all of us. Tell me why I'm wrong. <clears throat> well... It's good. So, I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's just that the other movies are better. And I disagree about the saturation. I think that what they do in the other movies is they do such a great job of fitting so many people in. That, quite frankly, when I watched the Avengers, I probably could use a little, maybe use a little bit more, you know? Like, it's a good movie. I don't have, I, I love Loki. Can we agree that we haven't given any Loki love yet? Oh, I was getting yeah. there. Yeah, he definitely deserves some. Um, but it just, again, if I'm going to sit down and I'm going to rewatch one of these movies, that ain't going to be it. Okay. That is fair. And Brian, what are your, where do you stand on the Avengers? So like I said earlier, um, I, I've gotten spoiled. Like I, more heroes, give me more heroes. I'm, I'm the antithesis of, of your point, Russell. Uh, I, I love having more is better. And uh, it's, it's funny after seeing uh, movies like infinity war and civil war, I've gotten just so spoiled. And, and now, I mean, I've got to admit, I feel like it's going to be an uphill battle to really sit down and enjoy uh, the next Spider-Man movie, because it's going to be a a step back in terms of uh, scale. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm just spoiled by it. Obviously Avengers was a fantastically witty movie. Um, I, I love Tony Stark making fun of everybody. I love him calling out the dude on the bridge of the helicarrier for playing, uh, Galaga. That it's just, it's a fun movie. I'm not, I'm not going to hate it uh, at all, uh, by any means. And, you know, the whole Coulson piece and Tom Hiddleston is a fantastic Good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad guy. Uh, every part the trickster. Awesome. Well, we move forward from here. And uh, Brian, what is your number four movie? Uh, my number four movie is Thor Ragnarok. Okay, that's two for that. And Andrew, what is your number four movie? Thor Ragnarok. You guys are so aligned. Andrew, tell us why Brian thinks this. <laughs> <laughs> because that movie completely flipped Thor around. Look where we have the other Thor movies ranked. And this we have ranked as number four. That movie is fantastic. It's fantastic what it does with the Hulk. 
it gives Hulk so much, like with Bruce Banner's character, when he goes from being Hulk to Bruce Banner, it's like, wait, what? It's been two years? What are you telling me? And he's like, you know, just we finally get some good Banner screen time for like 20 minutes. And I think Mark Ruffalo does an amazing job. Like the, the scene where he goes, why are Tony's pants so tight? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, again, uh, also soundtrack. I feel like they, they took all of their successes from guardians of the galaxy and really put it toward Thor. And it made such a remarkable improvement. Uh, the whole monologue he has when he's in chains at the very beginning of the movie. Oh no, they caught Thor. Like that was hilarious. Um, I, immigrant song was a great, piece of this uh really uh in terms of you know talking about foreshadowing um it's it, it was just such a fun movie valkyrie is so much fun just this this drunk avenging angel kind of character it, it just this was a really fun movie i uh when i left the theater it was my favorite marvel movie at the time uh great villain too uh kate blanchett being hella was oh really, yeah really Fantastic. good villain. And uh, I like, again, I, I like Thor. I like the supernatural, you know, Greek kind of mythology influences that come into here, or I guess Norse Norse, myth, Norse mythology. Uh, but I, I, it really feels like it's come into play here better. I love Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. Yeah. Uh, all right. If you could, yeah. Why'd you bring me the melting stick? This isn't a melting stick thing. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, really makes this a lot of fun and just like the nature and the conflict between Thor and uh, you know Hulk it's just that that's the most fun I've had with Hulk at any point uh, so are you Thor god of hammers yeah that's that was that was actually what I was gonna bring up next <laughs> yes I love that yeah so anyway uh, nothing but it, I, I think it was a visually interesting movie much in the same way that I praise movies like Atomic Blonde for, for soundtrack and, and visuals uh, cinematography uh, I, I had a blast with Thor Ragnarok it was I felt like everything was constantly like giving me visual stimulus and, and man it just it was it was a fun movie really fun movie and it really moved the plot along a lot too as we move on to the number three round, I'm going to kick us off with the first go-round of Guardians of the Galaxy. Brian, where are you at your number three movie? My number three is Winter Soldier. Okay, that's the second for that. Andrew, what is your number three? Guardians of the Galaxy. And now we move up to the number two round, where I'm going to go with Spider-Man Homecoming. I didn't get booed? I mean, no, we, already knew you were, we, we already knew you were wrong about it. Fry, what did you rank it? <laughs> Uh, my Spider-Man Homecoming was back at number 13. Boo. Like, same for me. Boo. So. Double boo. Okay, well, I'll explain why I love this movie. Spider-Man is the best of the Marvel world. Tom Holland's Spider-Man was awesome. I felt like we had done Spider-Man really well, and then the Andrew Garfield uh, Amazing Spider-Man series happened, and I did not ask for this. And... I was pretty skeptical about rebooting the whole thing and doing it again and having a young Aunt May. But you know what? It all came together so well. I enjoyed every bit of this. I liked his character. I liked his friend character. I loved Keaton's. Uh, Keaton's role as a villain was just amazing. In terms of watchability, this has been one of the ones that I, I, I will probably go on to watch this one uh, the most of all of them because of its fun nature. 
I don't even like Spider-Man being in high school, really. And I prefer him to be like the entrepreneur, like a uh, photographer. But this went against everything that I generally think that I want in a Spider-Man. And it told me, no, you do want this. And uh, I loved it. Really high marks for me. Um, yeah, and I can speak to that. Um, so obviously, I really like Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, but Spider-Man had the most, the longest road to travel with me in terms of redemption. Uh, I've mentioned it in previous podcasts. I am not a Tobey Maguire fan. Um, if if those were in these rankings, it would have been my 20, 21, 22. You know, like, it, it'd be the very bottom. I, I did not like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Now, we'll say this. At the time when I watched them, I was just happy to have superhero movies. Um, it wasn't until the MCU came around and some of the latter uh, X-Men movies that I understood how much better I could have it. And once I knew how much better I could have it, I look back on those movies with heavy disdain. Um, I don't have really a problem with the um, the other reboot. It's fine, but coming off of Maguire, I didn't really care. Um, I, I, I actually think there's one of those I haven't even seen. Um, Double boo. But yeah. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man three is awful. The dance scene is one of the worst things to happen in cinematic history. But, uh, back, back to my point, uh, Tom Holland turned Spider-Man around for me. Um, I was a big comic book maximum carnage fan. Uh, Toby, like I said, Toby Maguire set Spider-Man back decades for me. Uh, the reason Tom Holland really turned it around for me is because he he very much reminded me of um, I'm gonna blank on his name now. I had it two seconds ago, but the kid uh, he he died. Uh, he played Chekhov. It, he just I like there's so much promise there, and his portrayal of Spider-Man is is heartwarming. Anton Yelchin. A- uh, Anton Yelchin. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just uh, he really he did he. F- he flipped a 180 for me on Spider-Man. Really redeemed the character. Uh, obviously, it's not the character's fault who's played him in the past. It made Spider-Man accessible to me again, but it's deeper on my list. One because they dropped that solo movie. I know Iron Man's kind of in it, but they dropped a solo movie in the midst of all of this yummy group movies that I was really eating up at the time. And uh, and and two because Spider-Man did have uh, a little ways to go uh, in terms of redeeming uh, my like of the character. Okay, Andrew, any thoughts on this one? Or did Brian cover it all? I'll just say I liked it. Uh, it was it was fun, and it, he really does a fantastic job. I think we can all agree that they picked an amazing actor to play it. He pulls it off in every movie he's in. He does a great job. So. Okay. And so, uh, Brian, what is your number two? Uh, here resides my Guardians 1. All right. That would be the last mentioning of it. So tell us why Guardians of the Galaxy so great. So I'm not going to rehash everything I had said previously about music. That, that stands. Uh, the other thing I really like about it is how well it diversified itself from Avengers in terms of a group forming. Like, you didn't have background movies for these as individuals. They went right for it. They showed you how they got together. They showed you how they bonded. And and not having any sort of formula to the MCU movies is what really makes the series as a whole so compelling. Because they don't really 
prescribed to a certain thing. If you remember like the nineties Batman movies, there always had to be two villains and the, you know, literally there was a formula to it and they have really gone away from that heavily because not even the villains in MCU movies necessarily stay villains. And, uh, it's one of the things that I've, I've really appreciated about the MCU. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Andrew, what are your thoughts on the guardians? So this to me was the other movie other than Iron Man that its success is most important for where we've gotten to today. I think that if Guardians falters, I don't think they're really able to pull off what they pull off in terms of all of the cosmic space travel stuff. Well, Guardians also proved that they can make any movie out of their catalog if they do it right and people will go pay to see it. So it kind of showed the world that they're unstoppable. This was a deep cut from the Marvel catalog and it did really well at the box office. And I also think that what you were were talking about with Ant-Man, even before Ant-Man, this movie comes out, and this kind of changes the course for the Avengers. The phase one, as it's known as, all the way up through the Avengers, you have pretty serious movies. And, you know, Star-Lord and Rocket bring in humor in a way that we hadn't quite seen in the fun nature of the soundtrack. Um, There's a tone shift for the MCU, and I have it at number three, but uh, even at number three, it feels low to me. It's it's so good. That was Brian's number two. What's your number two? Uh, Captain America: Civil War. That is still the only. That is still a second mentioning on that one. We still have an outline. <laughs> Brian, did you miss one? Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, tried to squeeze it out of him, but I didn't. All right. So, uh, <laughs> as we move then onto the number one slot, is that right? All right. Farba's number one. What do we got? Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, This is the third mentioning of it. This is my favorite one. I mean, this is, to me, this shows that I love that Captain America is directed by his moral compass. Even when the system falters around him, he'll stand up for good. I like that, again, we see this guy who is frozen in time come out of his shell. And it provides some humorous moments, but he's a fish out of water, and we feel that. In the same way that I like Superman and how he comes to Earth, and he feels like he doesn't belong here. Uh, I love it when he traces his roots down. uh, And then also the villain in this uh, has a, I guess, a related past to where he comes from and... It's just, you know, I love Red Skull. This villain's even better than that. And I have to say the fight scene at the end of this up in the uh, up in the air is just so, so good. This is probably my favorite fight scene of all of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, they brought in a sidekick character with uh, Falcon, who I really enjoy. So, you know, building out Captain's universe. I, I think that I'm contrary to you guys. I like each of these guys to have their own universe. I like Pepper and, you know, happy to be with Iron Man. I like Captain to have his set of characters. And I felt like this was doing a really good job of that. And I like Thor to have his set of characters. When it all comes together, it it, it doesn't go together as well for me. It's, it is, I'm not going to belabor that point, but to me... Yeah, I think we've already gathered that one. But to me, this is this is the thing that checks all the boxes and just gets it so right. This is a five-star movie for me. Um, as far as Winter Soldier goes, I had it as my number three. Um, I didn't realize until it was announced, and uh, I was craving another Captain America movie. You know, I already discussed how you know uh, Chris Evans really did something for me in terms of making Captain America compelling. 
And then I saw this and I was like, yes, more of this, much more of this. And then you add Sebastian Stan as Winter Soldier. And all of a sudden, someone that I had given zero thought about basically ever uh, becomes a character that I want more of, too. So, um, yeah, only great things to say. Uh, Captain America's line of movies are my favorite. He, in the same way that Tony Stark and Iron Man started to weigh on me, uh, it inverse reaction to Captain America. Nice. Andrew? I think this movie is really, really great on how, they, uh, how they're introducing Bucky Barnes, how we find out uh, everything that's going on with Hydra, still infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, just lots of good stuff here. It was number five for me, so I think we're all in the same boat that we have it at the top of the, you know, we all view it in very high regard in the MCU. Um, I also am a, uh, we get our first introduction to uh, Crossbones, so I know that makes Fry happy. Yeah. Uh, also another character I'd never really given any thought to until uh, this. So, Brian, what is your number one movie? My number one is Captain America Civil War. As you mentioned, more is more, and this is more, so uh, anything more to add? This was this was the most more to date. Um, Paul Rudd's introduction to an Avengers team was fantastic. The moral dilemmas uh, really played out on every character's face, in, in facing one another. Uh, I love the standoff at the airport. That was fantastic. Um, you really start to get Tom Holland's movie knowledge involved, which was hilarious. Um, the, the wits and one liners were still just flying. Um, I love Sebastian Stan and Fal- uh, Mackie's uh, back and forth of like sort of hate camaraderie. <laughs> uh, I thought that was super uh, enjoyable. Um, I only found out a couple days ago that they were going to get their own series uh, called uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, super excited for that. That was like a Christmas present. So, uh, yeah, I am, uh, I'm all in. I had this movie number two, so obviously I uh, viewed it very, very high regard also. The fight scene that we get at the airport in Germany is just phenomenal. The fact that the bad guy is... It makes sense, right, as a one-off, that what he's doing is based on what's happened in other movies, right, how they have affected his life, and so he plots to take down the Avengers. I just thought that was really, really well done. The jokes, the fight scenes. I don't want to end this one on too negative a note other than I'll just say to introduce Black Panther in this is one thing. Because people weren't that familiar with them, but to shove Ant Man and particularly Spider Man, I'm going to see Spider Man. The whole world's going to see Spider Man. I don't like him being brought out in this instance in this setting. I felt like I wanted more time with the villain in this one. And the other real issue I took with this one is that I love Captain America. I, I don't know if you noticed or not, but two of my top five movies are Captain America: Winter Soldier and Captain America: The First Avenger. And this didn't even feel like a Captain America movie. I felt robbed. I, I felt like this was Avengers 4 or or Iron Man 4, however you want to put it. But for me, this didn't feel like a Captain movie. And that didn't sit well with me. And I wanted I wanted, oh. a, I wanted a Captain America movie. And this is not that to me. I want to say two things on that. One, I do think that they, they provide, like, 
Tony Stark in this is is more of a provocateur than anything, and it, they do way more screen time with Captain America and what he's going through than they do with Tony Stark. Um, the other thing I'll say on this is that uh, this is a gold ribbon reason how MCU has done a good job at making a complex movie and where DC is wildly inefficient doing a too much movie. Um, I think that some of your criticisms are, are founded. They could have had a smoother transition for some of these characters coming in, but that that's so far down my list that it took you saying it for me to even really consider it. Then that's fine. Like I said, I, I, I'm probably too... To I probably hold Captain America up on too much of a pedestal that I want him on his own, and you know, give me some Falcon, maybe a little bit of Nick Fury, maybe a little bit of like you know, put a Hawkeye in there so, if you need to. So Russ, on that the uh, the game Marvel Strike Force that we play, uh, one of my favorite things in the game is using Winter Soldier and having him kill Captain America. Just brings a smile to my face every single time. Oh no, Russ. Just 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 so you know, uh, Andrew takes a very Chad standpoint on marvel strike force well he's I, he's I very uh, villain centric oh no i, I don't know <laughs> outside of my guardians I, I do like my guardians sure. which brings us to which brings us to andrew bring it home what's your number one andrew infinity war and i'm gonna kick infinity war off with my favorite quote of all of the mcu ah the boyfriend I prefer Titan-killing, long-term booty call. Let her go. Boom. Chris Pratt just nailed it with that one quote right there. Hands down, best quote of all the movies for me. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, Infinity War for me, and I did not want to end the show on these negative notes, and I, I apologize. It's just how the ball bounces. Oh, oh we won't. I'll say something more, but you go. Okay. Um <laughs> It's just really depressing and long. Um, it's one long, sad trudge through. I mean, like oftentimes, like the middle movie of a trilogy will be a bit of a downer, but this is just it. It it it's down from the start. It's down at the get go. It it pulls at your tear cords. Uh, I didn't necessarily cry in this one, but it it's not a feel good movie. Um, and actually the fact that you said you like villains, uh, in your video game is now starting to make sense with why you have this up so high, uh, without giving too much away, this just, uh, there's many things in this that just, it's not a fun watch for me. It's got a good, it's got a really good battle scene in Wakanda, but again, it's two and a half hours long and I still feel like I'm not getting the characters I want. I'm stuck watching Thanos do a bunch of stuff that I don't like the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. This is, uh. This is in my bottom quarter. So, uh, uh, Brian. Obviously, there's more in this one as well. Um, I had it a little bit lower because I've enjoyed some of the other more ones more. And <laughs> if you if you can take that as a, uh, as a compliment. Um, I don't really have any bad... I mean, I've been looking forward to this forever. There, there are very few full series that I was collecting back in uh the 80s and 90s and this was uh, infinity gauntlet and infinity war uh were both um ones that i was uh in with uh one of my most tragic cuts for infinity war was not having adam warlock uh they alluded to him in guardians 2 and then they 
decided not to introduce him. Um, I personally think that was a mistake. Uh, I have no complaints with how it went off. But, um, yeah, uh, Infinity War was fantastic. Uh, I don't really have any uh, negative points on that. So why I had this movie so high is because the this has been building towards this. It's fantastically done. And it's the same reason why everybody views Empire Strikes Back as an amazing movie. That movie's a bit of a downer too, right? It's but my least favorite of the trilogy, do. though. Are you serious? Yeah, oh by a lot. Oh, wow. To me, it's the number it's the number one movie in this whole series, probably. Well, well it's explaining. <laughs> this explains why this happened. But go on. <laughs> so I, I just think that Infinity War gives us so much. I think that the scene uh, on Titan is just really well done. Uh, I love the interaction between the Guardians and Tony Stark. Uh, I love when they first all come in at each other and he goes, let me ask you one time, what master do you serve? What am I supposed to say? Jesus? <laughs> like, you know, that, that whole scene is well done because they're in the middle of fighting, but yet they're still getting off good witty one-liners. Well, so much, so much good. Well, real quick before we head out, who is your MVP or best casting? I should say of the MCU. Andrew, you know, it's uh, probably Scarlett Johansson. She just is, was the perfect person to take that role. And I don't really think that they could have picked anybody better or anybody that could have done as good a job with it consistently. And do you have a runner up? Uh, probably Robert Downey Jr. for uh, Iron Man. Uh, he, he pulls that off really well. Ooh, you, you, you know what? Actually, I think I kind of want to change my answer now to uh, Vin Diesel as a group. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a, yeah. I think he had the easiest job in all of the MCU. Yeah. I, I think his paycheck is immensely disproportionate to the amount of effort he put in compared to others. But uh, uh, get that money, Vin. Uh, Brian, what about you? What is your, who's your MVP? I don't think that these movies would have been nearly as successful or compelling without the the duo of Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. So I I'm purposefully not going to mention them because they're they are the linchpin the uh, the key if you will to to the MCU. Uh, so I'm just going to go with people I really enjoyed and wasn't expecting to. Um, I'm going to give my MVP to Jeremy Reiner as uh, Hawkeye. Um, he immensely entertaining for as little screen time as he got. Wait, you gave your MVP to Jeremy Renner? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give my MVP to Jeremy Renner. That's your award, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm doing this because I, I want to intentionally get a little outside of the box or maybe very far outside of the box. But um, he he shed light and made a character that I didn't have any, you know, really much feeling for one way or the other. Uh, into somebody that I was craving to see more. And uh, his story, uh, for how well that they they were able to plug him in and give him both character development and and really some 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 depth, uh, it I just hats off to him for for how well they did that. My runner-up's gonna be Tom Hiddleston. Oh wow. A low um I don't know if anybody in the 
uh, MCU really did as much uh, shenaniganry as Tom Hiddleston did in all these movies and still ended up being a, you know, just a fun, enjoyable character. Uh, yeah, his portrayal of Loki was, was fantastic. Sorry, but again, purposefully going outside of the box. My MVP's not outside the box. It's Chris Evans. Uh, I think I've professed my enjoyment for Captain America. And my runner-up is going to be Sam Jackson. Uh, love him as Nick Fury. And then I think we all have to give a nod to uh, Stan Lee because he made this all possible with his brilliant mind. Certainly. Andrew, we really want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, man, for counting down and uh, making me feel bad about my picks, man. It's, uh, it's always fun. Oh, you are very welcome. And uh, I'd be happy to come back anytime and tell you why you're wrong. All right. Well. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Brian, it's been fun. Uh, this was a impromptu episode. We thought it'd be a short, a shorty, but uh, Andrew came in, and you know what? We gave everybody. Uh, a, this is a bonus up, really. Look, look how long this is. This is, uh, you know, everybody got their money's worth this week. So uh, we right. hope we hope Owen gets better. And um, uh, as always, thank you all the lords, ladies, and knights of the retro movie roundtable. We invite you to reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Uh, please, as mentioned before, subscribe, rate, and review to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. It takes 30 seconds on your part, and it really helps the show. Give the show a like on Facebook. We'll always help follow along and let you know what we're watching this week. And uh, email us at retromovieroundtable at yahoo.com if you'd like to know more about the show or if you want to be on the show yourself. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, be good to each other and watch more movies. Brian? Are you up for this? Are you? Look, I just need to know because the city is flying. Okay? The city is flying. We're fighting an army of robots, and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. I am Groot. I don't think this series would have happened the way it happened if it weren't for Chris Evans. Are you okay? Uh, Yeah, that was my microphone falling into my face. Uh, hang on just a second. Um, that sounded severe. <laughs>